The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A week ago, we had big news on a Friday morning. We had Christian McCaffrey getting traded to the 49ers. That was a lot more fun than what we're going to talk about at the start of this show. The big news, of course, being Jamar Chase out, although you probably already heard the bonus podcast. Thanks to Chris and Dave for knocking that out. And, ugh, what a, ugh. I'm not, I was in a ba- I was upset by that game last night. It was upsetting. I don't like watching this caliber of football, uh, especially from legends. And as a guy who defended Tom Brady all week, I don't even know if I should be on the show today. So I'm sorry, <laughs> to everyone. It really made me look so bad. But uh, uh, what's up? Good morning, guys. Good, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna spin it positive. Good morning, guys. How are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Adam. I traded for Jamar Chase in a league two weeks ago, and now I'm I, I acquired Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman. I now have <laughs> nothing to show for for my trade. I got uh, one word for weeks you. After I spent I spent uh, uh, about ninety percent of my remaining fab budget in uh, the guillotine league on Jamar Chase two days ago. Yes, I got oh, a tweet no. about that. I'm oh, supposed no. to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bummer. He's out four to six weeks reportedly. And we'll talk about that quickly. We'll, uh, well, not too quickly. Um, we'll talk Baltimore 27, Tampa Bay 22. You did get the quasi-garbage time touchdown from Brady to salvage his night a little bit. We'll give you the news and notes. We got beat the waiver. Hey, Adam should have had one. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, he should have. And Mike Evans, of course, should have. Uh, we've got six teams on a bye next week, so you might need to beat the waiver wire. And, of course, we have seven games to talk about today. San Francisco and the Rams, Carolina, Atlanta, Giants, Seahawks, Cardinals, Vikings, Miami at Detroit, Chicago at Dallas, and we missed Tennessee, Houston yesterday, so we will cover that later. Uh, yeah, we really missed it. Nah, nah just Brandon <laughs> Cooks, basically. But um, There's our, three guys. That's yeah, it. the two of them are easy. Yep. 
so, Jamie, we start with this big news here with the Jamar, ha- Jamar Chase hip injury. He was the number four wide receiver per game in non, number five in full PPR. He was coming off two massive games in a row. And you look at his touchdowns, six touchdowns, a couple deep balls, a tw- a one where he had 27 yards after the catch, one where he had 50 yards after the catch. He makes things happen. What do you think about Joe Burrow? Let's start with him. What do you think? What do you, Jamie, you can go then, Dave. Joe Burrow is, is QB blank uh, for the next six weeks. Uh, first off, your sorcery works again with your Joe Mixon usage and wanting to see him <laughs> get more carries. Congratulations to you for ruining Jamar Chase. Um, uh, Joe Burrow is QB Sorry. six. Pretty nice situation to lose Jamar Chase and still look across the field and you have T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd. Um, so he's he, he loses, you know, from QB two, QB three to, you know, uh, you're not benching Joe Burrow anytime soon. Um the T Higgins becomes a top 10 receiver. If he wasn't there already, Tyler Boyd becomes a top 20 receiver. If he wasn't trending there already. And the first thing you should do, if you're listening to this is go see if Hayden Hurst is available and go pick him up because there's going to be some potential uptake in targets and, and hopefully production as well. So Joe Mixon, you know, he'll, he'll, the, 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 the splits that you were hoping to see, Adam, I'm sure you'll, you'll get back to that, you know, where Zach Taylor leans more on the run. So no concern about only waiting until the fourth quarter to get those nine carries that you were begging for. Uh, no, for the record, begging I, I for, actually am not. For. I wouldn't exactly say that I was hoping to see them. I I couldn't care less. I mean, I do have some mix in, but I actually like them when they're th- aggressive, throwing the ball a lot. They're really good no, for no, no, football. That's not what you said yesterday. You said, what I, said. I hate the passing game for the Bengals. <laughs> I'd like to see this stop in some way, shape, or form, and Joe Mixon get more carries. Ah, but, you know, to say that Joe Burrow's top six, I think it's, maybe an indictment on the quarterback position. I mean, do you yes. think he's just going to yes. be, right? Because he yes. can't be as good. Jamar Chase just makes so many plays. It's not a knock on Burrow, but how could you lose Jamar Chase and, and just pick up where you left off, Dave? You can't, but uh, he went into this week tied for fourth on the trade chart. And now, I, who would you rather have rest of season? Burrow without Chase for the next four weeks? Or Justin Herbert, who, uh, who, knows, who knows when he's going to get his receivers back and healthy? And at full strength, I think I'd still rather have Joe Burrow. So he's going all the way from tied for fourth to fifth for me <laughs> and still a, a startable fantasy quarterback. Uh, I, I remember what he did in 2020. He played 10 games or so, averaged right around 19 fantasy points per game. He didn't have Chase. He had Higgins. He had Boyd. He was younger then. And uh, I don't know if they the coaching staff trusted him then like they might now. So he could be a little bit better than that. But I, I don't expect him to still put up huge fantasy numbers, and I think that goes without saying. I, I disagree a little bit on Higgins. I don't know if he's top 10. I think he's top 12, top 15. So it's just a tiny pushback. I'm good with Boyd as a top 24 receiver. Agree 100% on Hayden Hurst. Great guy to add. Finally, another tight end that we could add to the mix who's better than just a touchdown or bus guy. Starting him over Kyle Pitts this week? Yep. Yeah. He's 64% rostered. The two games where T. Higgins left with an injury, he had 46 yards and he had 53 yards and a touchdown. He had seven to eight targets in both of those games. So you're certainly hoping for more uh, more production. It's not a slam dunk that he's going to be great, but at least there's a chance for him to be good. Exactly. So that's what you're making him. Yeah. <laughs> and how many tight ends are there who are like that? Right. Where they, They've got more than a chance to be a touchdown or bust. Kyle Pitts is a touchdown or bust tight end now. Hayden Hurst is better than that. The only other quarterback I can think of to compare to Burrow, because we're going to take Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, clearly ahead of him. Herbert, you're saying still Burrow. 
What about Kyler? For now, behind him. If Mike Williams isn't out for an extended period of time, I take Herbert over, bro. But it's going to be like four weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen coming off their bye week. So if it's one week and then he's still got a three-week window ahead of Jamar Chase, then I would take Justin Herbert. Well, I'm sorry, Dave. You said behind him. I didn't know what you meant. Who's be, who, Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow rest of season? I've got Burrow right now, but we'll see what happens after this week. All right. Okay. You know, Kyler the- is another good week and scores more touchdowns, and Hopkins is a superstar. Kyler hasn't had a good week in a month. I know. So he's got to come. Well, last week was a step in the right direction, if you ask me. For fantasy, it's been a long time since he's been good. But if he if he looks like a quarterback that can get you – 20 to 25 a week, I think I'd probably put him ahead of Burrow. But we'll see. For now, he's not. Okay. We've got a lot of great content coming up this weekend, including fantasy football today, new, uh, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. Sorry. 10 a.m. Eastern. Oh, what time are you going on this week? Nine? 9 a.m., baby. 9 London. Yeah, we got London, London baby. Yeah, great. Yeah, Broncos. Yay. So, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, CBS Sports HQ. You can watch that on the CBS Sports app on any connected device or on your phone. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, 9 a.m. Usually 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Eastern, though, this Sunday. So check that out. We have a live stream at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on YouTube if you want to ask your questions there. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. We have a nice crowd. We have a lot of fun on Sunday morning. So, Come hang out with us there, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And yeah, there's, there's other stuff. Of course, we have the mailbag. And yeah, download the CBS Sports app for all our awesome content there as well. Um, my wife texted me a joke from Instagram this morning from someone named Selena on Instagram. And I thought maybe I'd tell you a joke because f- fantasy football can be so depressing. So. What? Well, I mean, I was I was very upset by last night's game. I really was. All Obviously. the injuries, holy cow! But here's the joke: What do you call a beach that keeps losing its sand? A shore loser. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's Bucks and Ravens. Yeah, that just made me forget about all my fantasy football <laughs> problems. Thank you. <laughs> The Ravens had the ball for 38 minutes and 23 seconds. Tampa Bay barely had the ball. 21 minutes, 37 seconds. Updates on the injuries. Mark Andrews' shoulder, Gus Edwards' hamstring. They're sort of downplaying them right now. Um, They've got the Saints next week, then a bye. We'll see what happens. Uh, Shaq Barrett, though, not downplaying that. Linebacker for the Bucs. Great pass rusher. Go back to the Ravens for a second. You have an opportunity. You say this every time there's a Thursday game. Mm Mm-hmm. Go get a tight end now. There's a very realistic possibility that Mark Andrews with the knee, with the shoulder, that they may sit him, get him healthy for their bye week. That's the one position you could try and save yourself. You could find running backs. You could find receivers, potentially. But you have an opportunity to find a single position that there may be somebody you can get right now, Hayden Hurst being the guy we just said. Find someone you could help you for at least for week nine. Right. You you should me- Bateman should be mentioned, too. Yeah, so I, with sorry, the, Bateman with the foot, injury. right. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, he's, he's dropped all this point. Agreed. Um, I can't really recommend Will Disley, but Will Disley gets Arizona next week. Arizona and Seattle, the two worst against tight ends, they face off next week. Um, but yeah, you could go, let's see, who could you get? Hayden Hurst would obviously be our favorite. I would say Harrison Bryant, but I believe the Browns are buying week nine. They do. Yep. Dalton Schultz in shallow league. Dalton has a buy in week nine. Um, boy, Irv Smith. To be the guy. Right, you, so we how can't about, get K-Don because they played last night. 
Oh, that's right. You can't do that. Um, Irv Smith Irv at Washington. How about Logan Thomas? You know, Logan Thomas was pretty darn good with Taylor Heineke last year. He was like a top eight tight end if you remove the game. He played two snaps. He gets you Minnesota could, next week. You could add him and sit on him and hope that he plays. Yeah, I mean, I know we're we're grasping for straws here, but it's not exactly a deep position. Juwan Johnson, if he's still the guy, same game. All right, and and for the Bucks, you had uh, Shaq Shaq Barrett uh, with an Achilles injury, and that might be a season ender, and that's a tough one. Okay, so how, how, aside from the uh, the teams in their the fans in their respective cities, how are we all not rooting for the Panthers to win that division right now? Because if they win this weekend, they're in first place. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I think I'm more it of a Falcons guy. I like the, I, huh? I, I'm more of a Falcons guy. I like the Falcons. Oh. I don't know why. I just I've always liked them. I've, I've, I've since since the Dirty Bird days. I've kind of had a thing for the Falcons. And uh, now they're going to lose. You the do next, the Dirty Bird dance, don't you? No, now they're no going to lose around. their next five games. So fantasy takeaways, Jamie, from this game. Why don't you Why don't you talk about Tampa Bay first and what's going on there? I mean, at this point, it's just status quo. You know, there's nothing really to tell you. You're starting Brady unless you have a better quarterback option. You're obviously starting the two receivers, and you're starting Fournette. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's ugly. It, it's just what they are at this point. Um, thankfully, the targets have been consistent, and the production has been consistent to whatever degree you've been seeing it from Evans and for Godwin. You know, Godwin just hasn't scored touchdowns yet, but he's been a nice floor play in PPR. He hasn't delivered on what we expected, but I think that start the production will start to come, uh, hopefully. Uh, the touchdowns will start to come, hopefully. Excuse me. Um, Evans has been fine. You know, Fournette has been very frustrating, but at least he's done something to help you in some way, shape, or form, whether it's been the catches or the touchdowns. Last night was the touchdowns. So, again, you're not getting, you know, um, negative production for where you're starting these guys. You're just not getting the ceiling from them. So I, I think for the Bucks, you just kind of, you know, roll with it. You know, the one guy that's replaceable of those of those main options is Brady. And, you know, probably the minute that you bench him is the minute that he starts to, you know, click and get things right. So just take that for what it's worth and just know what you're getting with whoever you're going to start in placement. How much faith do you have that he is going to get things right? You know, the offensive line was always going to be, okay, what happens if the line does struggle? And he's facing pressure, and he's in a lot of, you know, long down and distance situations. Uh, that's not favorable for a 45-year-old quarterback at this stage of his career. And so um, not all of it's on him by any stretch. I, I think there'll be some better days ahead. How confident am I? I'd be looking for alternatives. You know, if my, if my fantasy team's in a good spot, I'd be looking for alternatives. I'm losing confidence. I, I thought he was off target. He was officially off target on six throws last night. I thought it was eight. I think he held the ball too long on four throws where he could have had some better gains. He should have been picked off three separate times in the game. Uh, great throws. I tracked that. He had four of them. I'm nervous about him. I don't think the offensive line is the biggest problem. At least it wasn't last night. I think it was Brady. I think that he just doesn't have the same type of like perfection on his throws. Like that early throw in the game where Evans was open in the end zone, Ugh. just too much touch on it, too much air under it. And it if, if it was a shorter pass, not a shorter pass, but a faster pass, I think that Evans would have scored on the play. And we probably would be feeling a lot better. He's been terrible inside the 10 the last two weeks. I, I'm a little more nervous than Jamie is, but not to the point where I'm going to say, you can't start Brady. He's absolutely horrible. But I agree. You've got to look and see what other quarterbacks are out there. And this is another position you could go and check out now and add somebody um, in, in the wake of this game. Justin Fields. You still have a Friday and a Saturday. Oh, Fields is a up. great guy to add with all the buys next Super week. Super one. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, that throw to Mike Evans might – I mean, I, hadn't, I haven't seen every throw he's made, but that may have been the worst throw he's made all year. Inexcusable to miss no, Mike he's Evans made, there. 
He had back-to-back inside the 10 lawn darts last week. I, t- I know, but those guys were covered. Mike so, Evans was, uh, da- was, was wide open so. in the back of the end zone. I don't See, think so. Brady can't get out of the pocket. So I think when he throws these lawn darts, I think that's his way of throwing the ball away to avoid grounding. But I can't really defend him anymore. I mean, he had I, he had a horrible game. There's really no denying it. Um, uh, it's 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 frustrating. Uh, uh, you know, teams aren't blitzing him as much. He is getting rid of the ball very quickly. But he's also just still not getting enough from Godwin. I, you know, a lot of targets. He had a 44 yard catch in this game, and he was basically like a running back for for a lot of his catches. Right? How many yep. how many throws at the line of scrimmage for Godwin? His route depth still extremely low. Um, please just get Bruce Arians back. Let's get, that's what we need. We need a little Bruce yeah. Arians. Um, <laughs> Only I've, for the press conferences. How about for the Ravens? I wish they had used Gus Edwards more. He averaged yeah, that uh, was, six yards per carry. That was disappointing. Dave, your, any Ravens? Any big Here's Ravens? Hampton, though. Well, yeah, but even before that, I mean, I wish they had used him more. Yeah, yeah but I who, mean, knows, Drake's... who knows at what point, though, it started to bother him. You know, he might have tried to play through it. Maybe, but it, it was disappointing they didn't start. I don't think he played until their second series or th- actually second. technically their third series because he didn't play on their first drive. And then they got the ball back after the muff punt. And then he wasn't even in then, and they were near the goal line. So it was a little frustrating. And when he ran, man, did he look good, but unfortunately he's got this hamstring injury and we'll see what happens with him. Drake really didn't run that well outside of the 40 yard gain. He had late, um, got lucky with the touchdown catch available in 54% of leagues. I don't know if there's a Ravens running back that you can feel really good about having on your team. But if you're if if we get through the weekend and no one else gets hurt, he will be a popular ad for one week because he's got the Saints in week nine. Jamie, are you going to start Isaiah likely next week against a team that is second best against tight ends if Mark Andrews is out, likely had 77 yards and a touchdown on seven targets? I will likely put him in the low end starting range. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris Towers last night said, and of course we're not going to hold him to this, that he'd rank him third next week if Mark Andrews were out. So he'd be very excited. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll give you your news and notes. Beat the waiver wire. One question for each game, and we will get into it. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your news and notes, Ryan Tannehill was limited. Pretty much all the quarterback news that's new. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott likely out. Tony Pollard's our start of the week. DeAndre Swift practiced in full, so we're we're feeling good about him. You guys ranking James Conner yet? Not yet? No, let's see what he does on Friday. All righty. Uh, let's see. What else we got here at running back? Daryl Henderson's got this illness. Uh, he should be good. 
Raheem Mostert was limited with a knee injury. That's a downgrade, so we'll keep an eye on that. Still no Chuba Hubbard. So we'll see if he practices today, but that would obviously have a pretty big impact on how we rank Deontay Foreman. The Bears are going to go running back by committee, and the Jets are going to use the hot hand approach. Uh, have you? Is that when you see that about the Jets? Does that make you back off of Michael Carter, Dave? I was backing off of Michael Carter anyway, just because I figure that they're going to use both backs, and Robinson's better suited at, at the goal line. And I would tell you that Carter's better suited in the passing game, but Zach Wilson doesn't throw to his running backs very much, so I'm. Um, I'm kind of not excited about the Jets running backs. Plus, their offensive line got worse with Vera Tucker getting hurt. I'm I'm, I'm not excited. Hey, how about Kadarius Toney on the Chiefs now? 54% roster. Jamie, give me a 30-second reaction what it means for Tony, for Juju, MVS, etc. It's definitely better for Tony's long-term value, so Dynasty managers should be thrilled, uh, especially if the Chiefs do not retain either one of Juju Smith-Schuster or Miko Hardman next year. It is bad for Sky Moore's dynasty value because now there's another young receiver that he's going to have to share the field with at some point. So tough scenario for him. Uh, for this season, I don't know if it's going to make much of a difference, but I think it's worth your time to add Kadarius Tony if you have an open roster spot just to see. And lo and behold, those hamstrings, I'm sure they're just magically healed. Yeah. Well, he says he's healthy. I guess the Giants didn't really want to rush him back. And they have a bye this week, so he could They wanted to rush him out. Yeah. yeah right. it's, it really seems that way. And Rush him out, I don't know, but they they obviously didn't value him, uh, you know, based on his talent, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, it's, he's on a bye, and the Chiefs maybe get Kadarius Tony going next week. Debo Samuel still missing practice, so we got to keep an eye on that. That's the first game we're going to talk about today. Devontae Adams has a bad flu, but he is expected to play at the Saints. Amonra St. Brown still in the concussion protocol, but he's expected. You know to what play. happens if, if Adams plays, you could say? Ooh, he flew in for the game. What? He flewed you. He flewed you. Good. <laughs> Corey Davis missed practice. Julio Jones uh, played. I don't know why I still have him in the notes. Jarvis Landry and Michael. I brought Burgundy. Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas <laughs> missed practice. Nico Collins missed practice. Christian Watkins and Sammy Watkins were limited. And Alan Lazard is almost certainly not going to play this week. Uh, Noah Brown missed practice. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, guys, Rashad Bateman is questionable. Mark Andrews is questionable. Do you think they're going to play today? <laughs> Do you know the status of J.K. Dobbins, Adam? Uh, I, wish, I wish I wish we would have said sit Mark Andrews in the yeah, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, D.K. Metcalf missed practice, so they haven't ruled him out yet. I'm assuming we're not expecting him to play. And Jahan Dotson's not going to play this week. Uh, David Njoku did not rule himself out yet. He's supposed to miss two to five weeks. Probably going to miss the game. They're playing Monday, but he didn't rule himself out yet. I think Dalton Schultz got in a limited sesh. Logan Thomas, 18% roster. He scored nine, nine and a half or more PPR fantasy points in four out of five healthy games last season with Taylor Heineke. He had 30 to 48 yards in all five games. You know, whatever. no Curtis Samuel really last year, no Dotson. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but uh, Logan Thomas was a top. If you take out the game that he missed, that he played two snaps last year. I think he was a top eight tight end per game, two straight seasons. Um, and that's pretty much going to do it for our news and notes. Let's play Beat the Waiver Wire. Six teams on a bye next week. Cleveland, hey. Dallas, Denver, Giants, Niners, Steelers. And the Giants have the best record of all of those teams. just want to point that out just in case everybody was not aware of that. Hmm. All right. 
I, I mean, obviously we need players, but I have a whole list here. I don't know who you guys like. I, I think Justin Fields against the Dolphins makes sense. I don't know that I like love any other quarterback matchups. I don't trust Tannehill at Kansas City even in a good matchup. Mariota against the Chargers. I don't know. Should we just should we just say Fields is the guy? Fields yeah. is the guy. I might I might say Tannehill is next best, but it's it's a big gap. Who do the Colts have? Uh, next week. I got Colts. it. The Colts have Patriots. On the road. Yeah, not good for Ellinger if he's good. Um, Ellen Gurr, baby. Oh, yeah, Gurr. We're just going to call him Gurr. <laughs> Gurr. You could also start thinking about adding Deshaun Watson. If I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into the morality of it. You could do what you want. But he's not too, too far away. I think week 13 he'll be back. Uh, I don't know if you want to stash Cam Akers ahead of the trade deadline. If you're desperate. No, but you know a couple players that you could be looking to add uh, for this week. Uh, Malcolm Brown, in case this illness for Daryl Henderson's a problem. Kieran Williams, if you're not looking for somebody right away, because it's not guaranteed he's going to play, but he would be the better of the two, I think. Uh, Dearness Johnson is someone to pick up ahead of the trade deadline, just in case Kareem Hunt is traded. Um, he's somebody that could you know, clearly be an injury away if Hunt is gone to superstardom. <clears throat> and we certainly saw that last year at one point. He played for both the guys. So there's a couple of names you could just be looking ahead right now running back wise to mm-hmm. beat the rush. I I like where you're going with that. Uh I like Kyron Williams. Um how about how about Jamichael Hasty in Jacksonville? He's the next guy up behind ETN. I wonder what they would do though because with Snoop Connor too. I, I know the Snoop Connor's there. I don't know if they trust him in certain situations yet. Yeah, I mean Hasty is the right one. You're 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 dead on with that. But I, I just wonder sure. like if it's if if something happens to ETN, it, it, how much of a committee is it? Oh, it'll probably be a, it'll probably be a duo, but I think most of the high value touches will go to Hasty. And we kind of skipped over the Packers injuries, but Christian Watson's been practicing and he's available in 86% of leagues. And we know what his upside is. We know the Packers is they're a mess right now, but Rodgers is looking for anybody who can make plays in the passing game. Maybe he comes through. I uh, also for wide receiver would like to point out Josh Palmer. 28% rostered with Mike Williams not expected to play. Atlanta is their matchup. They give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. In week nine, Josh Palmer, you could take a look at him. Van Jefferson, too. Yeah. Van Jefferson. Darnell Jefferson's Mooney. a good stash. Um, Adam, I know on your list you've got Darnell Mooney. Yeah. I think he's a good stash. I would take anybody who's playing this week ahead of anybody who's not playing this week. So I wouldn't stash Palmer. I wouldn't stash... Cole Hardman, I wouldn't stash MBS if he's out there over guys like Mooney, Watson, um, and other receivers that have a shot to. Well, why, do yeah, I would take Palmer, I'd take Palmer over all those guys. Yeah, well, this is just a stash. I mean, if you don't need these guys, I think for you next can get week. Palmer next week. I don't think that's you have why to. Why you want to get ahead of it though? That's where. That's why we're beating the waiver wire, baby. Yeah, we don't want to take that. Right. I, I, I don't know how many people are going to be clamoring for Josh Palmer, but they're clamoring Tuesday. for Darnell Mooney. Well. No, but if Mooney has a good game somehow against Dallas, you'll be happy you have him. Same thing with Christian Watson. Same thing with Rondell Moore. I'd rather, I'd rather spend zero, a zero dollar bid on Josh Palmer as opposed to when every waiver wire column next week is going to be saying pick up Josh Palmer because Mike Williams is out. But how honestly, how much fab are you going to spend on Josh Palmer next week? 
zero versus one is the one less dollar you get. Look, to, it, to it doesn't. It, it's it's just we're just giving you a name. If you want to consider getting ahead of it here, <laughs> yeah. this, I'm I mean, just trying to be hyper efficient with my waiver ads. I get it. That's and Mooney's a lot more roster than Palmer, and and they've got the Dolphins who have a very depleted secondary next week. So. You know, Mooney's not a bad guy to stash. Uh, how about last one, Elijah Moore? How do you feel about him? And of course, Hayden Hurst is now in this discussion as well. But how do you feel about Elijah Moore? Not good. With the hope he gets traded? No, with the hope that he is revived. <laughs> I didn't. I can't think see about him getting revived on this team at this point. You know, Corey Davis probably have to miss the rest of the season, and they're just desperate because they're not. Joe Flacco needs to be under center for me to like Elijah. Moore. Yes. And the way that that worked out before was like nine PPR points a game. Okay. One question for each game. San Francisco at the Rams. Do you trust any Rams other than Cooper Cup, Dave Richard? Yeah, I trust Tyler Higby. He had a huge PPR game last time these two teams played, and he's got a pretty decent track record of scoring on San Francisco. And I just I doubt that the Rams are about to become a running team, especially in this game. 49ers are awesome against the run. So the way they get around the run is a bunch of dink and dunk passes. Higby picks up a lot of that. Totally good with Higby this week. Okay, the Panthers-Falcons, huge game in the NFC South. Who's the best running back in this game, Jamie? Carolina-Atlanta. Both Panthers guys, if they play over any Falcons guys, unless Cordero Patterson is miraculously healed. He, he can't be. He's on IR. He can't play in the game, even if he is miraculously healed. Uh, I, think there's, I, I think Hubbard won't play, and therefore there's only one running back really worth starting in this game, and it's Foreman, and I think he's going to be a number two running back this week. I'm excited. Okay, uh, Giants, Giants, Seahawks. Who's the best quarterback in this game? Daniel I'll Jones. take Gino. Who'd you say, Jim? Daniel Jones. I how think, come? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. He, Jamie oh, how come? He, he said, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want um, to his rushing ability is going to help him score more fantasy points than Geno Smith, who's going to be without DK Metcalf. I get it. Um, I think this is a favorable matchup for Geno, all things being equal, because the pressure that the Giants put on quarterbacks isn't like what he's had to deal with the past couple of games. Obviously, not having DK Metcalf makes him a bus candidate for sure. But I think that he's still got potential. He still can throw the ball really well to Lockett, to Goodwin, to his tight ends. And I, I, not that I love, I don't love Geno Smith, but I think he's got a better shot to get close to 18 fantasy points than Daniel Jones. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk to you about that matchup a little bit later because I think on paper, what Geno Smith does well is also what the Giants do well defensively. And we can talk about. We'll talk about that game in depth. You know, I actually thought Giants Seahawks was going to be a pretty easy game to preview, but I actually think it's a fascinating matchup. Uh, when you I think it's going to be a fun game. It might be the best game of the week. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll be. The, I'll decide that. But uh, starters <laughs> with some fun music. Okay, starter sit time here. Let's go to San Francisco and the Rams. The Rams now are one and seven in their last game, the last eight games against the 49ers, including the playoffs. And in those games, they're averaging 17.1 points per game. I really think the big question here is which 49ers defense shows up because they have been miserable the last two weeks. 28 points allowed to the Falcons, 44 points allowed to the Chiefs. They're giving up big plays all over the field. Um, they're maybe getting a little healthier. I think Samson Ebucam might be able to come back. I hope Dre Greenlaw can play Jimmy Ward. Jason Verrett, I'm not sure if he's in play this week. He's coming off IR. 
Um, I think he is. So what do you think, Dave? I mean, do we getting are we getting a closer version to the elite? He's not going to be elite, you know, but are they going to be a good defense or the layup matchup that they've been basically the last two weeks? I think they'll be a good defense. I think that they're going to give the Rams a hard time. Rams, I, I don't think the bye was enough time for them to get their offensive line healthy and to reconfigure their offense. They're going to, I bet they fall back on what they've been doing all year, which is letting Matthew Stafford throw a ton. 49ers will be prepared for that. They've talked all week. D'Amico Ryans and everybody has talked all week about how their offense is Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. And so my guess is that their number one game plan is going to be don't let Cooper Cup run free deep. So you'll see him get double teamed. The Rams combat to that has been to just let Cup run short routes and just pepper him and hope that he can break free for some yards after the catch. What they might be able to do differently if Van Jefferson plays is use Jefferson on intermediate and deeper throws. I wouldn't count on Van Jefferson in fantasy because we just don't know how good he'll be or how much he'll play, but that could be a counter move that they would make. The counter move they won't make is run the ball. They just, they're not going to be able to do it. The 49ers run defense is too good. So I'm, I'm nervous about the Rams. You asked the question about who else is a safe start besides cup. I think we answered that with Tyler Higby. And I think the 49ers DST is a good start this week. I think they'll get after Stafford and Stafford's thrown a pick six or something close to that. The, 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 Defenses have scored a touchdown on the Rams. I think it's four straight games or four of the past five. Whoa. If you give me a second, I will tell you exactly what it is. I have it. It's each of the past three games and four of the past five. A DST has scored against the Rams. Wow. You could probably bank on it happening again. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's not something you could bank on, Dave. But I'm, I'd go to your the bank. way that the Rams are going to move the ball around. I think the 49ers will be able to capitalize. I'll give you. I'm starting the 49ers. DSP what odds now. do you want that the Niners score a defensive touchdown? What do we have? What do I have to put up for you to grow a mustache if the 49ers defense is <laughs> a touchdown or special teams? Because that counts too. It's DST. <laughs> um, you have to. Send me, you have to send me lunch. Let's make a food bet. You that doesn't to, benefit our audience. Oh, well, then I don't know. I, I don't know what you have to put up. $1,000. And if you, I'll grow a mustache. You'll give me $1,000. Jamie, I owe you a little bit of money. Can I keep it and we can start building a pot toward this? <laughs> Leave me out of it. You guys make your own bet on this. I think 1000 right. for a mustache is worth it. Yeah, I think so. so I'll win $1,000 if they don't Do score I have to touchdown. pay you the 1000 all at once? Oh, absolutely. Or could I pay you a dollar a year for a 1000 years? <laughs> uh, which quarterback do you prefer in this game, Stafford or Garoppolo? Garoppolo. Uh, Stafford slightly. Okay, man. Like, How do you see this game going, dude, James? Because I, I just I, I have no confidence in Stafford coming through with good news. I see this being a get the run game going for San Francisco because they need to, to get back on track. And so Fair. what did they have for the last, uh, you know, eight days is the guy that they just traded for and spent, you know, their future on. So I think it's a McCaffrey game for the 49ers, especially if Debo doesn't play. So that's why I would favor Stafford. I, I agree with you. I think Stafford's going to have a good game, but I don't think Garoppolo's going to have a good game either because I think it's going to be, you know, at best, best case scenario for him is like a 202 because un unless this game get, <clears throat> gets sideways for San Francisco, which means it's getting sideways for San Francisco because Stafford had a good game because they're, I agree, they're not going to run on them. So the only way Garoppolo, I think, has a great game is if 
the, the 49ers come out and say, we are throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And that would just go counterproductive to everything I think that they want to be right now. So I, I don't uh, think they can do that if they don't have Debo. I don't think they would think, I don't think that, that's what think. I'm saying. Like if, if, if you like, I don't think either quarterback is good, but if I had to choose one, I'm taking Stafford okay. because that's the only path I think to one of these quarterbacks in this game, getting to the point where it needs to be for these quarterbacks to play well is Stafford getting it there. Would you start Russell Wilson over Matthew Stafford? Yes. Yes. And I know you but guys I would start, start Garoppolo over Russ. Okay. So I know you guys would start Dalton and Daniel Jones ahead of these guys. Uh well mm, I'll no, start Garoppolo no. over those guys. Okay, Dave I would likes start Garoppolo. Dalton over both these guys easily. You'd start Jones and Dalton. Easily. Yeah. Dave would not, he'd start Garoppolo. I would over Stafford, not Garoppolo. Okay. Dave also likes PJ Walker better than Stafford, but not Garoppolo. Correct. Uh right. So the running backs, are we sitting uh we're sitting Daryl Henderson? I would try to. I'm not excited about him. He he might be able to be decent in PPR. Might be able to catch three or four passes. That's a counter move that the Rams could make is using him out of the backfield. But I'm not sure how effective. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, I I don't know how effective it'll be if he's not practicing a lot this week. And they've got they don't have just Malcolm Brown behind him. Not that Malcolm Brown's any good. They've got Ronnie Rivers too. Um, we'll we'll see. I I just I don't I don't want to start him knowing that he had a terrible game against them playing as a part-time back earlier this year, doesn't have a great track record against them in general. And it's, it's just a really good run defense. Like that has stayed true throughout their entire run. The past two weeks where their defense has been mm-hmm. bad. It's been against the pass, not as much against the run. They weren't good. The, last the range the of Daryl Henderson is, is Najee Harris and David Montgomery. And you know, those the Michael Carter and those guys, they're just all, you know, questionable starts at best. Mm-hmm. He's never scored on the Niners. He's been under 48 total yards in five of six career meetings. Now, again, some of those times he was a part-time player. This week he should be, I think, their lead guy. But that might mean 10 carries and two catches. Okay, let's go to Allen Robinson coming off a good game. Uh, I think you guys have him ranked similarly to Wandale Robinson. Who would you rather have, Allen or Wandale Robinson? Wandale in PPR by a mile. And... Half PPR as well. Uh, full of non-PPR is close. I mean, you know, you're counting on these guys scoring touchdowns. And so I think Rob- Allen Robinson has two, and he's played the majority of the season, and Wondell Robinson has one. <laughs> he's played two games. You yeah. know, so, um, right. Rob- I'll take Al- Wondell. Allen Robinson does have uh, an end zone target in every single game. He's among the leaders in end zone targets. And how about this? The 49ers. The first four weeks of the year, they allowed six completions of 20 or more yards. In the last three weeks, they've allowed 13 completions of 20 or more yards. That's third most in sure. football. And they're just yeah. getting How many torched. Uh, oh, uh, I, I, what did I say? I said 13 over the last three weeks, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll tell you. Week What seven. I would say, I would treat Allen Robinson like, like I would a touchdown or bust tight end. He could score, and he also might finish with Two catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Seven last week against the Chiefs. Yeah, so, I mean. But that's the Chiefs. Not, none against the Falcons, probably? What was that, week six? Zacchaeus might have had one. I remember Zacchaeus having a big play in that game. Hodge two, might have had two a big against play. the Falcons. Yeah. And then four so, the yeah, week before that. None to London or Pitts because the Falcons right. stink. Let's let's go here. Tyler Higby is a, Thanks, Arthur. Is a, is a start. Um and you start him over Pitts, of course. You're starting over Dalton Schultz, Jimmy Garoppolo. Dave has him 12th. Jamie has him 17th. Um, Christian McCaffrey, slam dunk, or 
actually is he behind ETN, Ken Walker, Tony Pollard? No. Uh, he's behind Pollard in, in non PPR. That's an easy one. Behind Walker in non PPR, it's an easy one. Um, full PPR is ahead of those guys. He is behind Henry Barkley and Jacobs for me in non PPR. He is at the top of the list in full PPR. Oh, all right. I mean, the Rams do have a great run defense here, but. He just faced them and had 13 carries for 69 yards and he had seven catches for 89 yards two weeks ago. That, that last that last part of it, though, that's the key. Right. Well, they throw it to him the same way. I How many catches do you think he gets in this game? I'd say five. That's, I, I, let's set the over-under at, at five and a half. Which side is everybody going to be on? That would under. be something. Well, okay. I, I think Debo, I'd be on the under two, Debo but just, I agree with five. I think five is doable. I'd say more if Debo doesn't play, right? Maybe, but I, I'm not ready to say, well, he's never going to catch passes because Kyle Shanahan has a track record of not throwing to his running backs. He's never had Christian McCaffrey or a guy like Christian McCaffrey in his backfield. Yeah, Steve uh, Prisco on, on Monday him. said he's, he spoke to some guys in the league about the trade and that um, he said this on our show on HQ, so if you want to go back and look at it, that okay. uh, this would be the dumbest trade in history if they don't throw to Baltimore. Of course. Yes, Exactly. All right. And Shannon's a smart guy. Does so. Brandon Ayuk start or sit? I think it's an easy start if Samuel doesn't play. And even if Samuel plays, he might be less than 100%, might be a decoy. I like Ayuk. I've got him as a number two receiver. Again, I'll go back to I think how this game's going to go. If Debo plays, I think he's at best a number three receiver in three receiver leagues. If Debo is out, then he's a borderline starter. I just don't see the 49ers having the same volume that they've had the last couple of weeks because I don't think they're chasing points to the same level. Kittle or Higby? Kittle. Kittle. Kittle's right, we, number one for me this week. Oh, we have now reached a full season. 17 games. The last 17 games the Rams have played, they have allowed one touchdown to a tight end. It was George Kittle in the NFC Championship game. But... That's that's it. One touchdown to a tight end. In the first matchup, he had two catches for 24 yards on four targets. Um, all right, so you're going to start him. Dave's very optimistic about him. And which DST do you like better in this game, Rams or Niners? Niners. Rams. Okay, great. But they're both worth, worth starting. Yep. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here, our last one of the show. And when we come back, Carolina at Atlanta, the showdown. In That's the, the thing. I'm at the Rams. I'm at the 49ers. Sorry. They're both back, like, very close. Okay. 40, then we'll just say 49ers. Yeah. We'll take a break and Carolina, Atlanta, when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. 
could be a good game for at least one wide receiver. <laughs> These two teams see the most wide receiver <laughs> targets per game in the NFL, and Atlanta allows the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And that's our stat of the game, Jamie. Uh, Atlanta has allowed... So here, here's how, here, here it is. 11 wide receivers have scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points against the Falcons in seven games. I mean, that is crazy. They've had some successes, but for the most part, they're just awful against the position. However, it, of those 11 wide receivers who have scored 15 or more points, 10 of them have had eight or more targets. The only exception was T. Higgins, who had seven targets. Uh, so the question is about DJ Moore, of course. You can't get a better matchup. Will he have the volume? And do you start him? Like you don't, you don't really want to start Brandon Ayuk if Debo Samuel plays. Would you start DJ Moore over him? Tell me about DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm excited about DJ Moore. You know, I think what we we got the first game without Christian McCaffrey, and we saw you know ten targets, and it's the second time in the last four weeks he's had double digits in targets, and the first time he had 12 PPR points, and then last week he scored his you know scored a touchdown. So um, I have no faith in PJ Walker, but I think PJ Walker at least did what he was supposed to do last week, which was get DJ Moore the ball. And so this is a game where I, I think he can do the same thing again. At least I hope so. So, you know, the, the nice thing about it was that Walker showed that he could throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. And so with A.J. Terrell not expected to go, with Casey Hayward not there, you know, secondary is already, you know, beat up to begin with. Pass rush shouldn't be too much of an issue. They're going to try and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, but I think they'll still get D.J. Moore his 8 to 10 targets, and I think in that type of scenario he should be fine. So um, your prop bet I think is in trouble. Adam, the one you gave us for Friday's show, of you know, P.J. Walker under half a touchdown, I think we'll get one. And that one will go to DJ Moore. <laughs> yes. Well, hold on real quick. For the record, so we have to give uh, props. It's a fun segment. Fun segments we do on HQ. Uh, the props were horrible. That was like, the only one that had any decent odds. It was plus money. P.J. Walker under half a touchdown. It could easily happen, by the way. But if you look at the rankings, the biggest thing that jumps out, I think, is that Dave is pretty high on P.J. Walker. And talk about that, Dave. Why are you high on, on Walker? High, you know, he's worth High worth being discussing. that he's like a top 16 quarterback? Yeah, I think that's pretty noteworthy. And uh, Jamie just laid it out for me. Yeah. The, the Falcons' defense is missing its top cornerbacks. Their pass rush isn't that great. Panthers' offensive line has started to play a little bit better, too, over the past few weeks. And Walker made some money throws in week number seven. Uh, I'm encouraged that three of the targets that <laughs> DJ Moore had went further than 10 air yards, and they were they were accurate. I think Walker, if he's got time to throw, can make some big throws, and I think we'll see that again. I, I wouldn't, I'm not rushing to start P.J. Walker. He's at best a bi-week replacement at quarterback, but I think he'll be good, and I think D.J. Moore's got a shot to be, must start as a flex, and maybe a low-end number two fantasy wide receiver. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by what I saw. Yeah, he's, he's nearly top 15 for me. He's in top 20 now. D.J. Moore? Yeah. Sure. Boy, and and the risky. fact that there isn't another pass catcher in Carolina holds back PJ Walker from being um, like even like a top 12 type of fantasy quarterback. All right. So are we sitting Drake London and Kyle Pitts? Yes. Yeah. Well, Pitts is a little different. Yeah. Uh, let's do Pitts real quick here. Pitts or Schultz? Schultz. I will take Schultz in PPR. Non PPR, I think I would take Pitts. Pitts or the Saints tight ends? The Saints tight ends. Uh, I will take Taysom Hill in non-PPR. Okay. Uh, how about like a... Just Mike, make sure Jawan Johnson plays, because if he does, he should be good. Mike Gasicki or Kyle Pitts? You found the barometer. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, the running backs are interesting here. You know, the run defenses are also 
kind of hard to get a grip on. I get maybe they're like average, a little below average. I don't know that these are mm-hmm. cake matchups here. Um, they're not. I, I just, I mean, I keep going back to the, to this Chuba Hubbard versus Deontay Foreman thing. Hubbard was a lot better and a lot more involved than Foreman before he left with an injury. Foreman had nine of his 15 carries after Hubbard left, and they only combined for 12 carries in the first three quarters. And they are a bad football team, I, I think. Um, but they keep it, they've been keeping it close pretty, you know, pretty well uh, recently, the Carolina Panthers, and of course the Falcons almost always do. So, uh, you know, it's, these, these guys are really tough, I think. Jamie, lay out your thoughts on Foreman, Hubbard, if he plays, and Algier. I think it's going to be a Foreman week, even if Hubbard does play, because Hubbard clearly is not 100%. So, yep. you know, while it will be annoying for Foreman if Hubbard is in there, for those of you that are starting Foreman, he should get the majority of the work. And I like the fact that he had two catches last week, so it's not going to be like he's a train wreck in the passing game. But Hubbard, at, at, when they're healthy, when everybody's healthy, I agree with you, Adam. I think Hubbard's going to be the better play. Uh, we said that from the beginning, you know, when they traded McCaffrey, that his role in the passing game should help him. Game scripts for the majority of the rest of the season should help him in that regard. And the fact that they're not just going to pigeonhole him as a third down back, you know, they're going to give him the opportunity to carry the ball as well. So for this week, Foreman should be a borderline number two running back. If Hubbard is definitely out, he's a slam dunk number two running back ahead of Henderson, ahead of Najee, ahead of Montgomery, um, ahead of Brian Robinson, you know, depending on however, you know, long you want to go, far you want to go. And I'd probably start him over, to be honest, I start him over James Conner, you know, just uh, if Conner mm-hmm. does play. Yep. So he's, he's a, you know, borderline top 20 guy. So hopefully, you know, he takes advantage of this. You know, this should be a game that Carolina can win. I don't know if they will. Uh, Atlanta's, you know, despite their defensive flaws, the run game has carried them. Uh, Marcus Mario hasn't made mistakes and and their, their system has worked, but this is going to be a competitive ball game and Foreman's going to be able to, you know, get the opportunity to be a 20 touch, 20 touch guy for a game like this. That's, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Uh, Tyler Algier, number three running back. Like, where, where does he compare to? Say, You're James hoping Conner. for fifty or sixty yards and maybe a fall into the end zone. James Conner or Tyler He's Algier? Second time this season for him. James Conner or Tyler Algier? Conner. Conner. We don't even know if Conner's going to play, by the way. But yeah, it's only if Conner's. Uh, how about PPR? Would you start Naim Hines or Tyler Algier? I think Hines. Uh, Hines and PPR. All right. Sit Mariota, sit London, sit Pitts, sit Tommy Tremble, even though Atlanta's bad against tight ends. He looked good on his deep target for a touchdown last week. Well, one catch. But that was his only yards. target. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's that game. Okay. So let's go to the Giants at the Seahawks. You know, the Giants are 6-1. and one, And if you look at, there's a metric called DVOA from Football Outsiders. Uh, they they count for a lot of different things to measure, say, a defense. How good are they? They kind of they, they count for the opponents, the situations, all these things. The Giants are one of the worst teams in DVOA defensively. So Football Outsiders does not think they're a good defense. That said, they've um, they've I don't they're like ninth in yards per play, like it's points per game. I think they're top ten. You know, they have seen the fourth fewest plays per game in football. And they are fifth in time of possession. Seattle is 29th. There's a huge storyline in this game. Can the Seahawks possess the ball enough? Uh, and they've been better at that the last two games. In two straight wins over the Cardinals and the Chargers, they've actually been possessing the ball quite a bit. So that's a good sign for the Seahawks. Anyway, Dave, let's talk about Geno Smith. 
You said that you yeah. thought it was a good matchup. I can tell you why it might be a bad matchup. So let's have that discussion, Geno Smith. I think it's a better matchup for him. Yeah, this is what the game had. of the week, yeah. <laughs> Dave kind of stole my thunder when he called it the game of the week. The Giants and the Seahawks, yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, Dave. I've been planning to interrupt okay. you all week long for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is this a good matchup for Gino Smith? I'm I'm just waiting for another like song to. Come you're good. Up. You're all you're in the clear. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah. Giants are ranked tied for ninth worst in pass rush pressure rate this year, despite being first in the league in blitz rate. Uh, they've sent uh, they've blitzed the quarterback on minimum of 32% of dropbacks. It's a ton. Geno's managed blitzes fairly well this season. He's completing two-thirds of his throws against him. 90.1 QB rating. That's okay. 6.69 yards per attempt. That's not great. Um, he's been better naturally when he's not being blitzed. So he'll get blitzed a lot. But really, Geno has been at his worst from what I've seen and what the stats say, just when he's under serious pressure in general. But what this is telling me and what the data says is. Even when the Giants blitz a lot, they're not getting to the quarterback enough. And I think that Geno can overcome their blitz and be usable this week. I have him ranked as a top 12 quarterback. I don't love that I've got him that high, but I think that that's just the nature of the quarterback position. Plus, you'll talk about how Daniel Jones will run a lot. Geno can run too. He might be able to get you anywhere from 20 to 40 yards on the ground. I think he can find two touchdowns. What I'm really worried about are the pass attempts and the yardage. Yeah. I don't think he's got a shot at 275 yards, and I don't think he's got a shot at throwing more than like 32 passes. Yeah. See, the last thing you said there is what makes me the most concerned about Geno Smith on top of the fact that yeah. the best, best receiver it. is not playing is that Pete Carroll has his dream right now. He's got a run game. Yeah. His defense is playing well. He doesn't well, have to have Geno make plays. And so they've this talked is going to be Ken Walker. Exactly this is going to be Ken Walker. This is going to be Ken Walker and more Ken Walker. So. Gino is not going to have the opportunity, I think, to have the pass attempts that they need because this is going to be Walker versus Barkley and Barkley versus Walker and then the occasional sprinkling in of Daniel Jones running. And so I'd be very, very leery of playing Gino Smith this week unless DK Metcalf has a miraculous recovery, which it does not sound like it's going to be the case. Okay, but then let I, I mostly agree that it's going to be a lot of both running backs. How do you measure Daniel Jones as a better option just because he'll run more? Yeah, 100%. But that's it. Yeah, I think I think both guys are candidates for around 200 yards passing. I don't think we're going to get much more than that from either one of these two. Again, especially if Metcalf does not play. And so what you're seeing from Daniel Jones, which has been fantastic for him, is that he's limiting the mistakes. The turnover has not been a problem for him anymore. Uh, he's making the throws that he has to make. Uh, I think now that he has hopefully a healthy Wanda Robinson, which seems to be the case, he has two guys that can help him in the passing game. You know, losing Bellinger sucks. But two guys in the passing game that can help him in Wanda Robinson and Darius Slayton. While they're not stars, they're making enough plays for him. So he's not going to be a 300-yard passer. He's not going to help your fantasy production with his arm. Uh, that's kind of you know this is this is the reverse. Usually, we like the rushing numbers to support the passing numbers. This is the passing numbers supporting the rushing numbers. So he's probably going to be in the neighborhood of 60 to 80 yards rushing, and that's a lot to ask. But that's kind of where he's been three of his last four games, 67 or more rushing yards. So the one game where he didn't do it was when he had the sprained ankle going into the Baltimore game. So right. if he runs to the same level. Finds the ability, maybe gets in the end zone with his legs, gets you 200 yards passing. Not a top 10 guy, but as you just said, really this is an indication of where we are with the quarterbacks. No Mahomes, no Herbert this week. The guys who are banged up. I think he's in that 18 to 20 point range. I'll take him over Geno Smith. Okay. 
Jamie's got Daniel Jones 12th, so he has Derek Carr, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott ahead of him. Love Goff this week. Okay, we'll get to that game shortly. Dalton, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence behind Daniel Jones. Dave uh, while we're talking quarterbacks, uh, Nathaniel Hackett yeah. just said Russell Wilson will start. All right, I was about to say that. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Russell Wilson is going to start. He practiced in full today. Uh, okay, so... Also on this game, uh, you know, just keep in mind, the Giants lost two starting offensive linemen last week. Seahawks' pass rush has been kind of middle of the pack three straight weeks in pressure rate. They've been right around 15th, 16th. So that's not good for Jones. But for not good for Geno, is, this is what I was talking about. It's kind of, it reminds me of the Cardinals matchup a couple weeks ago. The Giants don't give up a lot of big plays through the air, and that's pretty much all the Seahawks do. Uh, Geno Smith and Josh Allen have been the best deep ball passers in football this year. The Giants have been pretty good in that regard, um, very good in that regard, actually, and uh, limiting those big plays downfield. Um, so there, there's that, and then there's the time of possession thing I mentioned, and the fact that the Giants are giving up the second most yards per carry to running backs, the second most yards per catch to running backs, too, which is weird. And they have already given up four 100-yard rushing games to running backs, and none of those running backs have even had more than 15 carries. And Ken Walker's got two straight games with more than 20 carries, so... Ken Walker's should be awesome this week. Start Barkley, start Walker. We talked about the quarterbacks. Start Tyler Lockett. Um, you like Marquise Goodwin if Metcalf's at or, or Wandale Robinson? And then, Jamie, what do you think about Darius Slayton? Talk about the other wide receivers in this game. Uh, Wandale Robinson would be my favorite non-Tyler Lockett receiver in this game. Then I would go with Marquise Goodwin. Then I would go with Darius Slayton. I mean, Slayton's, you know, you, you've seen it. It's, it's two of three games. He's been productive. Two games ago, it was the big play, you know, so... There's opportunities now without Bellinger there. You know, I, I think there's probably a mindset, you know, certainly in the wide receiver room of, okay, now Tony's not coming back. We know what we're dealing with unless they make a trade, which uh, you're hearing a lot of potential Jerry Judy to uh, the Giants if the Broncos lose this game because Brian Dable was uh, on the Alabama staff when they recruited him to Alabama. So there's a familiarity there. Uh, but that's a, a separate note. But in any event, I, I think you look at Slayton and you look at, uh, at Wandale as, you know, six to eight target guys. Um, I shouldn't say that. Wando's probably more than that. If, if, if last week was any indication with eight targets, yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, but probably six day targets is, is, is the way to ballpark it. No Bellinger, no Galladay, you know, so it's, uh, it's going to be some concentrated targets. So that's nice. If you're looking at Darius Slayton this week, can you name the team that allows the most yards after catch per reception to slot receivers? Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, well, is it them or they, and now you they know who it is. Well, I know I was going to say they've given up the ninth most yards out of the slot, fourth most yards per catch out of the slot, fourth most 20-plus yard completions out of the slot. That's Seattle. Yes. So that's those are all really good Wandale Robinson stats. There's one more. He had that groin-ish injury. We don't really know what it was. He had all of his production in the first half. He may not have been healthy in the second half, but he had six for 50 on eight targets in the first half last last week. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a great sign for Wanda Rob. Would you start Wanda Robinson or, um, Michael Pittman? Pittman. Pittman. How about Wanda or, or Paris Campbell or Chris or, uh, what's his name? Oh, Alec Pierce. Wanda over those guys. Yeah. All right. Wanda or Curtis Samuel at the Colts. I'll take Wanda. Uh, Samuel. That's I'll cool. take Wanda over Brandon Cooks. Over Mooney, Allen Robinson. Wow, okay. Michael Gallup. All right, I think that's it for this game then. And sit the tight ends. And the D you guys don't have the DSTs ranked very high, so I guess we're sitting them. Arizona's at Minnesota. Minnesota 
is 12th in scoring defense, but they allow the third most yards per play. So we'll see what happens. And they are the worst. This is interesting. They're the worst red zone defense in the NFL. They've only allowed 15 red zone trips in six games, but 80% have ended in touchdowns. That's Minnesota's defense. And Arizona's had a real problem in the red zone. So we'll see. All right. Um, did I, I don't even know if I asked you the one question for each game for this one. You didn't. You skipped half the games. I did skip half the games. What the hell was that all about? Uh, you were too excited to talk about Falcons. Panthers. Why didn't you call me out on that? I don't know. You don't even read your private chat messages that I've sent you during the wow, show. Wow, that's so bad. I am sorry about that, folks. Okay. The question for this game was, are you feeling it? Which is the question every week for the Vikings. Jamie, are you feeling it? Yes. Why? Uh, I, I mean, again, you, you look at what he was doing prior to the bye week, you know, seven uh, or more targets in, in four straight games. And he's got a good track record against the Cardinals. Not that he's played them very much, but three times in his career, he scored a touchdown all three times, including once last year. So, you know, I, I think you just look at where his role is and, and the opportunity that he should continue to get in the passing game. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a huge game this week. So I like the setup for him coming off a of bye week. Um, he's had a good track record coming off a of bye as well. And so I think Thielen's in a good spot. Cardinals play heavy zone coverage. Thielen has an 83% catch rate against zone coverage this year compared to 50% against man coverage. And the yards after catch per reception stat that I gave you for Wandale, that's just for slot receivers. Overall to receivers, Arizona's dead last at 5.9 yards after contact per catch. Yards after catch per reception. They keep everything in front of them and – the only quarterback who throws shorter on average than Kirk Cousins is Matt Ryan. So it seems like... Not anymore, he's not. Yeah, it seems like a good matchup on paper for the for what the Vikings like to do. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, Thielen just hasn't... You know, Thielen is, for the season, he's he's not even a top 36 wide receiver. He's 37th per game in, in PPR, and he's 45th in non-PPR. Uh, okay. He's, he's also been very matchup dependent. The teams he's done well against were... 18th, 28th, and 24th against wide receivers. The teams he struggled against are 5th, 10th, and 4th. And, of course, the Cardinals are right in the middle at 14th. So you're starting him. Uh, you're starting out. Okay, start Jefferson, start Cook, Cousins, and Kyler. Who do you like better, Cousins or Kyler? Cousins. Cousins. Right, we'll knock out the easy stuff. Uh, Hopkins is a must-start guy. And we'll talk about Irv Smith. We'll talk about Rondell Moore. And we'll talk about the Cardinals running backs. Let's start, Dave, with the Cardinals running backs. Expectations this week, let's say, if Connor's in and if Connor is out against the Vikings, who are 19th against opposing running backs. Eno's a must-start if Connor is out. He's going to be their primary running back. He impressed last week. He, he played way better than I thought he would. Part of it is he played against a tired Saints defense, and this is going to be the opposite. This is going to be a rested Vikings defense. But I don't think it's necessarily a good run defense. So I think there's going to be opportunities for the Cardinals to run the ball no matter what. I think they want to continue to do that. They don't want to force Skyler to throw the ball 42 times a game. So you'll see whoever they have available getting opportunities. I'm nervous about Connor and what he'll be like coming back from this injury because he wasn't necessarily explosive. He Necessarily, he wasn't. He wasn't explosive at all before the injury. He could always score. That's always a good thing. He could catch a couple of passes, too. If they both play, I will give a slight lean to Connor, but I think they're both more of like high-end flex plays than anything else. Okay, so we don't. We would not like James Connor to play. Uh, if he doesn't play, of course, we'll have updated shows where we can rank Eno Benjamin for you. 
Uh, Jamie, any interest in Rondale Moore? I, I don't know if he's going to play in the slot. I hope he does. He didn't last week, but he needs to. He's 61% rostered, Rondale Moore. I would not play him this week if you can avoid it, but I would still roster him if you can, you know, just to see what happens. Because if they do go back to him in that role, it was so successful for whoever was playing in that role uh, prior to DeAndre Hopkins joining the team. Now, it could just be that Hopkins is their preferred option there, which would be great for him. But if you are still looking at what Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch did, uh, the combination with Marquise Brown, it was, uh, I believe it was before their first six games, it was 13 or more PPR points. So, you know, let's see what happens this week. Uh, again, last week was Hopkins' first game back. Run game was successful. Defense was successful. Don't know if they're going to have that same formula against Minnesota. So if they go back to Kyler Murray being, you know, uh, with, with the volume of pass attempts, you know, in the high 30s, low 40s, then I think there'll be an opportunity for Rondell Moore to still be the third best pass catcher on this team. Because I don't think it's just going to be all DeAndre Hopkins and Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore go by the wayside. All right, guys, how do you feel about Irv Smith going up against the Cardinals who have allowed uh, 60 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in five of seven games? The problem is, you know, four of those tight ends have been Kelsey, Waller, Higby, and Dallas Goddard, but Juwan Johnson also had a big game. Um, Jamie, I'll give you the first word. Like, who are some players that you're starting Irv Smith over? Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, um, Taysom Hill and PPR, um, Greg Dolchitz. Hawkinson? No. Dolchitz and non-PPR, huh? Hawkinson? Hawkinson and non-PPR. Okay. Dave, how about you, Irv Smith? Uh, I'm nervous to start Smith because I'm doing it because of a stat and not because of who the player is and what his role is in the offense. So in PPR, he's 13th for me. I'm starting uh, Hurst. Hawkinson, Dulcich, Evan Ingram ahead of him. I do have him one notch above Schultz. I'm not a Schultz fan this week. Got him ahead of Pitts. In non-PPR, it's a, it's it's kind of the same story, I guess. He's 14th for me there. I'd start him over Schultz, Pitts, Tunyon, but behind Dulcich, behind Taysom Hill, behind Hayden Hurst. The thing, the thing about it is, like, if you just looked at two of his metrics prior to their bye week and you were to say four catches and a touchdown from your tight end, you would take that... Probably 10 out of 10. Of course. It's, it's, it's the other number that's in there that you don't like where you had four catches for seven yards against the Dolphins. Um, yeah. But this is, uh, you know, you're probably looking at six targets, you know, maybe at, at most. Um, uh, I you're hope. Looking at, I hope. Know, probably four, four to five catches and a good opportunity to score based on how they'll use him against this team. So that's what you're hoping for. Okay. I mean, I, I like that he's had four catches in each of his past two games, but he hasn't had six targets since week three. He's a, he's he is squarely a touchdown or bust tight end who's got a really good matchup. Yeah. All right. Miami at Detroit. We got three games left. Let's do this. Miami at Detroit. Uh, stat of the game: Raheem Mostert, fourteen to eighteen carries in four straight games. Every running back who's had fourteen to eighteen carries against the Lions this year has scored at least one rushing touchdown. That's mm. four already have, that have done that. So Mostert's going to be a guy we certainly like. Um, and now <laughs> going back to last year. A running back has had 94 rushing yards or a rushing touchdown against the Lions in 19 of 23 games. It is incredible. So Yeah, I've got him ranked too low. Where do you have him, and where are you going to move him up to? I, he's outside of my top 15. I think I need to find a way to get him in the top 15. Okay, is that going to be ahead of – are you going to put Mostert ahead of Miles Sanders? Yeah, I think I, I, think I want to because this matchup is so good, and this isn't just about starting a stat because that Lions stat is amazing. But Mostert's look good. He's played well. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, you have him one spot ahead of Aaron Jones. Yep. Stick with that. Okay. All right. Raheem Mostert yeah, I'd, is a I'd start. be down with that too. 
Why do you like Jared Goff so much, Jamie? Dolphins secondary is a mess. And I think this is the spot for Goff to uh, play well. You've seen him at home. His worst home game so far this season was week one when he had 18 fantasy points against the Eagles. And so is this closer to the Eagles defense or is this closer to the two other teams that he played? Uh, Seattle was one. I forget the other one was. Um, Washington. Um, th- that's closer to th- those type of defenses. And in those two games, he went for 31 and or 41 and 34 uh, fantasy points. Yeah. So, you know, the Dolphins, uh, if they are able to get to him, which is clearly the issue, are they going to protect Jared Goff? Because the Dolphins are going to blitz him a lot. Um, that'll be the key. But he gets Swift back. St. Brown's expected to play. Hawkinson's expected to play. Reynolds is expected to play. The only guy who's missing of the guys that have been there for him when he's had those big games is DJ Chark, but I don't know how much of a loss that is. So in this game, I think it's going to be one of the more high-scoring games. I told you this should have been the game of the week um, for you. <laughs> Because <laughs> I do think this is going to be a game where we see Tua show up and have a big performance and Goff counter that. So we're going to get a lot of offense in these two games. In this, and in this I think match. it's fair what you said about comparing the defenses that Goff's played at home, specifically with the commanders. You think about Washington's defense, they've got a really good defensive line, and their secondary is kind of a mess. And the Dolphins absolutely have a mess in their secondary. It's whether or not Goff can beat the Blitz. Because I am I am certain the Dolphins are going to try and get after him every single snap. When the Patriots did it, Jared Goff looked terrible. If he can beat the Blitz, I think St. Brown would be a huge part of that. Hopefully, you've got, you know what to do with St. Brown. He's a must-start guy, but when he played Washington, nine catches, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a DFS guy right there. For this and he's, he's not seeing Xavier Howard. I'd be surprised. No, if not in the slot, right? No, yep. no. And Dave, but you have Goff 23rd. Uh, Jamie yeah, I've got a, that's another one that I think I need to really reevaluate. I don't think I'm going to move him. Maybe I would move him into my top 12 because I'm like, that just, that shows you how shaky the quarterback position is, is that anybody that you think has a shot to get 25 fantasy points, boom, they're a top 12 quarterback this week. Okay. When I first took a look at golf this week, my initial thought was the dolphins pass rush is going to be all over him and he's going to stink. There are, there are ways that they can counteract that. Having Swift back is a huge plus. I deserve to give Goff another look. Swift or Mostert? I struggle with that one. That's when, you know, when we ranked Swift yesterday, that's the first place that I went. And I was like, I can't see a situation where if I have DeAndre Swift and Raheem Mostert on my teams, that I'm sitting DeAndre Swift for Raheem Mostert. So, you know, that's always, always kind of the way I, I like to look at it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mostert's better. You know, he's going to get you, more work. Would you co-sign Mostert and non-PPR and Swift and full PPR? No, because I think Swift will score. I mean, you know, it's not like Swift was making a ton of plays in the passing game. He's making a lot of plays with his big playability. And so, uh, Mostert, last week, four catches, 30 yards. He scored through the air. That's not something you can count on regularly from him. And so, who has the more likely chance to get four for 30? It wouldn't surprise me with Mostert. Adam, have the Dolphins allowed 94 yards or a touchdown to a running back in each of their last 18 games or whatever? They, they have a pretty damn good run defense, except, you know, Dalvin Cook had that that long run and... Um, who else before that? Someone had a uh, Brees Hall had a good game, but they I did say, a good job against Najee last week, but I don't know if that's saying anything. Yeah. They, I would say they're kind of inconsistent, but you know, uh, Deandre Swift, Deandre Swift's just been a machine. He's been, when he's been on the field, he's been so explosive. He's been one of the best running backs. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, Monroe St. Brown's a must start Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are must starts. Any, any, uh, yeah, I think TJ Hawkinson we should talk about, but any sleep like Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds a sleeper or starter sit? 
I just think that this knee injury has been a problem for him. You know, last week was very frustrating with St. Brown leaving the game early. And granted, the Cowboys defense is one of the best in football. Their secondary is one of the best. And, and you talk about golf struggling with pressure. That was just a nightmare to watch that unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe there's a chance for Reynolds to bounce back this week. But I think with St. Brown there and, and Hawkinson there and Swift there, you know, most of his better games have come with somebody missing. Most of it's been Swift. So we'll see what that means for Reynolds. If you've been using him as a third receiver in a three-receiver league and they don't have anybody better, go with it. But I'm I'm kind of done with Reynolds until I see something from him. And Hawkinson, Dave, he's – I mean, it wasn't so bad last week. Four catches for 48 yards. But other than that <laughs> one game. Like God, yeah, he's been pretty so brutal. I mean, I'll take four catches, 48 yards from a streaming tight end. But from Hawkinson, I would, I would like a little bit more. He's been – garbage the Dolphins are giving up the seventh most fantasy points two tight ends they're not great in this regard most of that though is Andrews what he did yeah yes. Fryermuth also Fair. had a good game um but Fryermuth half of Fryermuth's yards came on the final possession of that game last week uh so he so yeah it has largely been Mark Andrews anyway I don't I don't really want to start TJ Hawkinson I don't know that people have a choice I'm starting Dalton Schultz over him I know you guys hate Dalton Schultz but I'm starting Schultz I, I have the two of them in one league and I'm starting Schultz over Hawkinson and if Hawkinson has another bad game I'm dropping him but yeah, I, I have I have Hawkinson in one league and I'm starting Taysom all over just because I feel like wow. if both if both hit to where they they have been the majority of the season Taysom will be better here's the bad if you take away that huge game that he had against Seattle Hawkinson's averaging 6.2 full PPR points oh. per game which uh, it might make you barf. Dolphins not ranked 12th in most fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They're league worst in catch rate allowed to tight ends. So I think there's an opportunity. If I had to measure up Hawkinson and Schultz, I would say Hawkinson's healthier and he's got more explosiveness to him. Is he? I think he is. Did you watch Schultz play? He well, I mean, they're both, very they're, well they're both dealing all. with injuries now. So I don't know if you could say one's right. healthier than that. I'm starting the healthier tight end who had a 20% target share last week. I, I think that he's got a little bit better of a chance to get more yards and a little bit of a better chance to score. The 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 thing that that would help Hawkinson right now is that Brandon Jones is out, safety for the Dolphins. Yeah, so. everyone's out. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so out in that depleted, secondary, except for Howard. Yeah, if their game plan is to have Goff get rid of the ball quickly, Hawkinson will be a good target for him. He'll yeah. be second what behind. Put, what do they put Howard on Hawkinson? That would be an interesting concept, but I don't know that they need to. But all right, uh, have they done anything like that this year? I don't know, but this team doesn't have an outside they receiver. They didn't. No, they didn't. Or if they did, it didn't work. This team doesn't have an outside receiver, you know, that they, they, they need to stick Howard on. All right, that's it for this game. Dolphins DST is a low-end starting option, um, and the, the Lions have been absolutely dreadful last two weeks. Well, great matchup for DSTs. Patriots and Cowboys had huge games. Two games left. Let's do them five minutes. Chicago at Dallas. Stat of the game number one, a running back has scored seven. All Cowboys at all. <laughs> well, a running back has scored 17 or more PPR fantasy points in five of the last six games against the Bears. Tony Pollard is going to do that. Tony Pollard's never had more than 14 carries. He's going to do that. Tony Pollard is amazing. He's had 12 games, uh, 10 games with, with uh, 12 or more carries. He's averaged like six yards per carry in seven of those 10 games. Something crazy like that. He's amazing. Start Tony Pollard. He's going to be great. He's the start of the week. Um, stat of the game you number You sounded like the Micro Machines guy. Yeah, sold separately. Uh, all right, stat of the game number two. The, the Bears' pass defense is not bad. Fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. They haven't been so bad against quarterbacks. Yeah, you, know, you can't sit Lamb, but Jamie, you said start all Cowboys. I don't know that. It, you, are you starting Dak Prescott with confidence? I'm kidding. Um, 
Am I starting Prescott with confidence? No, I, I feel like I want to start Derek Goff over Dak Prescott. Wow. Um, just based on what, what the upside would be. The, the, the only way that you, sh- you should start Dak Prescott this week is if you feel like, which is a strong feel, that the Cowboys need to get their passing game going for what lies ahead because they're not going to win a Super Bowl winning playing like this. We just don't see teams do that. They have good regular seasons like this. Against the postseason, you're going to have to make some plays through the air. So they need to get their passing game going at some point. And now the Bears just lost Robert Quinn. The secondary wall has played very, very well. I think that C.D. Lamb and some combination of Gallup, Schultz, Noah Brown, if he plays, uh, Pollard out of the backfield, whatever else they want to throw at them, can help Dak Prescott get some decent numbers. But their formula is working right now. And so why go away from it? Whether it was Dak last week or Cooper Rush the five games before that, they don't need to have to throw the ball. You know, so I don't think Dak is going for 303 in this game. That would be very surprising. Could he go for 203? Because they get some red zone touches, touchdowns from him? Sure. But I don't know if you can bank on that based on what we've seen from this team. I think I think it's even simpler than that. Not having Zeke is going to make them either lean heavily on Tony Pollard, which is something that they've been kind of hesitant to do, or just let Dak let Dak play and, and get his feet further wet. And I, I think I'd go with the latter on that one. I think we'll see Dak Prescott throw it around a little bit more. For what you said, James, they need to get him going. So I, I like Dak quite a bit this week. I think he can come through for a solid 250 and two, if not three. Okay, you like that. And you are you going to keep Justin Fields where you have him? I think 13th. Dave? I have him at 13. Yeah, I, I really like what I've seen from Fields the last few weeks. And I'm pretty sure the Bears are going to trail in this game. And he, you want to talk about a quarterback that's going to run? Like Jones will get some numbers for sure, but you know Justin Fields is going to keep moving around. Uh, I'm actually encouraged. I know it's a really tough matchup. I get it completely. But I think Justin Fields has a shot to get you 18 fantasy points. Would you guys rather start Darnell Mooney or a Bears running back? Bears running back. Montgomery, Mooney, Herbert. David Montgomery. David Montgomery or... How about um, Najee Harris? Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery. David Montgomery or Michael Carter? Montgomery. Montgomery, but it's close in PPR. Tyler Boyd. Boyd. I'd go Boyd. DJ I told you Boyd before the chase injury, too. DJ Moore. 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 David Montgomery or Brandon Cooks? Montgomery. This is the Joe Boo week for Brandon Cooks. I don't know if you mentioned. I that. did mention that. Yeah. Okay. Per your rec- per your request. Thank you. Um, Mooney is you know a low end starter. The Cowboys are just so good, and they are the best so low far. End starter. He's a bench guy. I. I. Well, Dave has him like thirty seventh. So, in a three receiver league, he's a low end. Option. Look, I've got him behind Donovan Peoples-Jones and Wandale Robinson. I don't know why I George even Pickens. said that. No, he's behind him. I like DPJ better than Moon. Yeah, the Cowboys are I the like, best in football, eliminating the big pass play, so that's not good for sure. Darnell Mooney. He's just not getting targets. That's the problem. The whole appeal to Darnell Mooney this year was the targets. All right, and uh, we already talked about Dalton Schultz. He's outside the top 12. It's just the injuries and you know, and that, basically. Tennessee at Houston, our last game. Updated stat of the game. Let's go back to 2021. Now the Texans have allowed 20 or more PPR fantasy points to eight running backs in their last 12 games. 
That is updated with Josh Jacobs last week. So you've got a pretty decent chance of 20 or more PPR fantasy points from Derrick Henry. You always do, but you certainly do this week. Um, how about the Titans allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, the most completions of 20-plus air yards? Yeah, my only concern, like, okay, this game is so easy. It's just start the running backs, and then Brandon Cooks is, we're not interested in Robert Woods, right? No. So Not unless you need a bi-week replacement. Brandon Cooks is the guy to to talk about here, and the only thing I don't love is that Brandon Cooks, he has the lowest dot of his career. And Tennessee is a team that gets that's bad against you know the deep ball, and Davis does, Mills doesn't do that. So like, is, does he? Yeah, go ahead. Does he have the lowest catch rate of his career too? I'm not sure. Well, also oh, I don't know that it's the lowest eight out of his career because it only goes back five years on Pro Football Reference. Uh, I could look on True Media, but it's you very it's the lowest in the last four. It's years. very low. Eight point two is very low for Brandon Cooks as an average depth of target. Eight point two yards. Anyway, I'm just bringing that yeah. up because that's that's what could stop him. This is a great matchup. He should get a lot of targets with Nico Collins unlikely to play. But, you know, Dave, you can tell me what you think about Brandon Cooks. He's got the lowest catch rate over his last three years. It's not a career low catch rate. It's 59.6%. He's also not getting a slew of targets anymore. He was earlier this season. It's just it's been a really bad scene for him, and I think defenses know that he's the guy to take away when the Texans put the ball in the air. I don't think Davis Mills has particularly played great all year, but he did play pretty well last week. And I kind of want to give Mills the benefit of the doubt, given the matchup, but I've had cooks on a couple of my teams this year. Everybody knows I traded for him in one league. I'm, I'm nervous to start him, man. I, I know that he's got this great matchup. He should come through. This should be a six catch, 95 yard, one touchdown game for Brandon cooks. And if it's not, I'm done with him. But it's he's been so ineffective compared to previous years, and that's why I'm nervous. Okay, Jamie, are you nervous about Brandon Cooks, or is he an easy start for you? Oh, he's a start for me. Not an easy start, but he's a start for me. I mean, you know, Dave laid it out. I, I just think be a little bit more positive <laughs> without Nico Collins on the field and and the chance that they're uh, most likely chasing points this week. So uh, this will be this will be the Brandon Cooks game you've been waiting for for the last couple weeks. Happily starting him over Darnell Mooney. Uh, starting him over Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's when I get to Jerry Judy, George Pickens, Wandale. That's when I get a little nervous about Cooks. Yeah, I'd start him over all those guys. All right. And last thing, Robert Woods, 77% rostered as of yesterday. He's been pretty bad. One game with more than 39 yards. But this is a team that's given up 95 or more yards to a wide receiver in five of six games. And they've all been outside wide receivers, and that's typically where Robert Woods plays. He's mostly on the outside, but they've been Pittman, Sutton, Mike Williams, Devontae Adams, and there's Marvin Jones in there. So I don't know. DFS dart throw or I don't know. Well, you have you have the quarterback situation at play here because Ryan Tannehill is still limited. Yeah. You know, so if it's Malik Willis, it's a wild card because yeah. who knows how things will go there. But my guess would be is you're getting the Marcus Mariota treatment. You're probably getting 14, 15 pass attempts if it's if it's Malik. And you might get that with Daniel anyway, you know. So uh under 20 pass attempts would probably be the the expectation in this game, unless the Texans somehow surprise the Titans and are playing with a lead. So it's hard to trust anybody aside from Derrick Henry. Take a look at the Titans DST. They're available in about 40% of leagues. They've had three good games in a row, and every DST that's faced Houston has done well this year. That's it for today's show. We will talk to you on Saturday with the mailbag. It's actually going to be recorded Friday afternoon, as you know. So oh, you special guest today. We have Will Brinson coming on uh, to give a little fantasy cops. In five, we're giving him five-minute limit. 
uh, Fantasy Cops with Will Brinson, and of course, all your emails, your Apple Podcast questions. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Jamie. Zach Brooke, our producer today. Uh, I'm Adam, and good luck in week eight. Yeah. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.